NFL is back. We got Tony Tucker here from MJT Football. It's been a while. We've been busy. He's been busy. You already know. We got some predictions coming up. We got NFL talk coming up. That's what I say all the time. Raw thoughts. Hit my music. You're on time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From fresh box to sideline. Who got cut? Who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine. These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship? You gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime. Time. Got the game statistics. I could say if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now raw mind sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close like a coach's assistant. You wanna be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is raw mind sports. Another edition. To another edition of Raw Mind Sports, I'm your host Ryan Jones, and this show is sponsored by Central Collections by Monica Ritz, and she's been booming. Like no other lately, she's picked up some a lot of big businesses and churches and corporations. Airbnbs want her products. Visit the website www.essential.essential.square.site. Use the promo code Raw Mind. Use the promo code Raw Mind. You get a 15% discount. Homegrown, homemade products from the bare of her hands. Facials, body cream. Smell good. She even got something called sensual seductress. I'll oh, scoop. Let me take that. Let me take that back because I might be saying it wrong, but I know seductress is a part of that name. And it's like soap for the ladies. You know, when they're going on day, she said, she said it keeps it won't the men won't leave when they put it on them. And it's for women. So yeah, women too. It ain't just for men, it's for women. This is a family said. show. It's only three o'clock here on the West Coast. <laughs> With that being said, Tony Tucker, man, welcome back. It's been a while. I am. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to talk NFL. Hopefully, we get a little Niners talk in. I got. Woo. I've been. I've been I have a crazy thought brewing about the the 49ers right now. Uh, but just all in all, like it's my favorite time of year. We got fantasy draft season. We got. Oh yeah. Crazy overreactions about players and preseason football playing against guys that'll probably be playing for the Birmingham Stallions in the USFL <laughs> in like five weeks. Great for them, living their dream. I wish I could have played at any level of football like that, but I I didn't have what it takes. And if anybody's watching this episode, feel free to share, share, like, subscribe, share, like, subscribe to the YouTube channel, to the podcast channels. Subscribe. You have a lot of content. We got amazing podcast boot camp that's coming out. That I'm giving back to the community for free for kids. Anybody who's interested in videography, talented young creatives that's willing to, you know, see what they have to do. So with that being said, let's get this party started. And I'm gonna start off because it's been a while, Tony. And I know you talked about it a lot with your stuff, but I want to hear your thoughts on Raw Mind Sports. And here we go. Let's talk about it. Broadway Airod is in New York. How do we feel about the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers? So I it's a complicated past with Aaron Rodgers for me, right? Because I like I've told you this many times. I grew up a big Packers fan, right about three hours away from Green Bay, and Favre was my guy, and all that stuff. And when that divorce happened, I just didn't have a team. Like I went with with Favre to the Jets and then a couple years of the Vikings, and then I basically spent 12, 13 years, you know, 10 years without a team. Started watching the Chargers because I live out here in L.A. and became a big fan of them. I kind of 
oddly like Aaron Rodgers not on the Packers, right? Like he's, I'm watching hard knocks. It's fun. This team is absolutely loaded. The thing that's going to drive me nuts though is when, because the whole like Rodgers Favre debate, to me, it's not a debate. Favre was the better player, the better Packer, the better everything. But now he gets to go to the Jets just like Favre did. Favre got the rotator cuff injury when they were, uh, I believe they were 8-3 and three at the time and first place in the AFC East. Mm-hmm. That team that he went on is not nearly as talented as this team that Rodgers is going to. This team is so loaded with talent. It's ridiculous. Like the num- to the number one wide receiver, they have like five running backs. Like <laughs> once you get past the first three, they still have Bam Knight and uh, Izzy Abanacanda from Pittsburgh, who's a By rookie. By the way, Bam Knight, I forget what I'm saying before you said it. Bam Knight is actually a city over from Tarburg. There you go. You got a local <laughs> hero right here. People should be tuning in the podcast just for this exciting Zonovan Bam Knight talk right here. But he really was RB4 on the roster, and he's he's a good quality NFL player. So, like, I look at it, the talent, the defense, they're, again, seven deep at, at pass rusher. Like Bryce Huff and uh, Will McDonald, the guy they got in the first round, these guys are going up against, you know, secondary linemen and they're crushing them and they're doing that without having Quinn and Williams in the middle of that defense so I think the only question they have is the offensive line and I think they'll be able to figure it out I like the Jets to be a 11-12 win team excuse me and uh, be in the playoffs this year all right I'm gonna give you short quick raw thoughts for me everything you said was in line to what I was saying you know, offensive line is not there, but I got a strong feeling. You know, Aaron Rodgers renegotiated his contract to bring in key players. Like, the Jets are all in on this. The Jets have been, like, nowhere near the – well, quite a few years ago. And, I mean, quite a few years ago, they went to the AFC Championship. But outside of that, this team is a symbol to win now. And I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I got a – I got, they got a high percentage. And reason this is where I'm going at with this. They have a top five defense. The games that they played last season, unless I'm wrong, were close, but they just didn't have the get over quarterback. Like yeah. those same games. And they had a chance to win with Aaron Rodgers there. Regardless of what people think about Aaron Rodgers or not, I get it. Aaron Rodgers, to me, raw thoughts, and I'm getting raw thoughts here, people. Aaron Rodgers was tired of Green Bay. It seems like he has a new energy. I just really just think no matter what. He just milked Green Bay. He got money out of Green Bay. He was thinking that logically if he asked for more money, Green Bay would try to hurry up and ship him away, but they didn't do that. Like, they, they still kept him because they wanted him there. You know, and I still feel like even though he was wanted there, he didn't want to be there. And that's something like in life. Life's like a relationship. You want a relationship to work, but you know this other person don't really want to put their time into it, and it's like a dead battery. I just felt like even though it's Green Bay, even though he's going to be a Hall of Famer, even though he's won a Super Bowl, most were MVPs, I think he was just over the relationship with Green Bay, period. Green Bay doesn't even have an owner. But with this team here, like you said, deep in the backfield, even that offensive line, people don't understand, like, if these running backs can get out in space enough without an offensive line, if they keep the chains moving, Aaron Rodgers can hand off the ball a lot. You don't need Aaron Rodgers to beat you with his arm. I'm not saying he won't because he does have a plethora of weapons for that. But I'm looking at this team, man. The first four games going to tell it all. A lot of people been joking with me, laughing like, you're a fool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You over here picking the Jets. You think the Jets can get to the Super Bowl? They have a high chance now. 
They yeah. have a chance to get to the Super Bowl with the team they got. The offensive line, they keep talking about the offensive line. I get that. But when you look at that defense, they Aaron Rodgers has a defense that's top five. He hasn't had a five, top five defense since the Super Bowl he won. Now, he's he's always been in a situation to win games off of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, for the first time, has a defense that can get him turnovers. They can turn it over. That's super deep. Like, this, this Jets team is set in a symbol for Aaron Rodgers to get the one just as, just as good as, like, Tampa Bay was with Tom Brady. Now, when Aaron Rodgers leaves and steps down, it may not be nothing that left, but the Jets have been mourning and crying and praying to whatever religion they have been thinking about to get back to the Super Bowl since Joe Namath. They haven't seen it. This is probably the closest they have to get there with a top five defense of Robert Salah, plethora of weapons, plenty of running backs, wide receivers. He loves sauce. I mean, this dude looks like he's in heaven. And people say New York is the worst place to go for media. Aaron Rodgers looking at it with smiles. I'm going to see how Aaron Rodgers is going to look when the first four games come if something go wrong. But I'm telling you, he got Kansas City on the schedule. I think he got an AFC West on the schedule. If he can yeah. go that, that, that gauntlet and beat those tough teams in the AFC West, I'm telling you, man, don't care what I, and I'm telling everybody right now, easily. Well, I'll say that for later. But uh, I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is in the best situation, regardless of how many quarterbacks in the AFC, to win because they're one of the few teams in the AFC that can play both sides of the football. It's a lot of talented quarterbacks in the AFC, but you don't have guys that have two-way, have a, a very good offense and defense to match, if that makes sense. But you go ahead and finish up what you got to say. Sponsored by Essential Collection. No, I, I think I I agree. It's it's such a great team. I guess I was going to kind of go down your analogy route. Like he, it, It's that situation where he like cheated. Like he wanted out so bad, like he had an affair, and then they were just like, you know what? Let's go to counseling and make it work. It's like, no, no, the writing's on the wall. The affair is <laughs> no amount of therapy is going to save this relationship, but yet they ran it back from one more year, and he was clearly out. Like not showing up when you have young wide receivers, you need that time in camp to establish timing and rhythm and chemistry and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. he's been there, he's been bought in, and he's ready to go. I would say. I'm giving it longer than four games because when I look at the schedule, it's really tough. I think if they're competitive in those games, if they're somewhere around three and three, there's a spot in their schedule where things can really start to take off where they get uh, a few games in a row at home. They need to beat the Patriots. They haven't beat the Patriots in seven years. They're like – This will be the year. It's a (laughs) 14-game losing streak, home, away, neutral field, doesn't matter. Belichick – has just been building his, you know, Hall of Fame resume on the backs of the Jets for twenty something years, and it's at a, it's peaking right now at fourteen in a row. Well, we'll get back to this topic in a quick second, but um, essential collection, essential collection by Monica Rich sponsored the show. So with that being said, let's talk about this happening. Lamar Jackson gets paid. What does it say about Baltimore? Like, share, subscribe. Whoever's viewing the show, raw thoughts. <laughs> um. It says that Baltimore made the right decision. There was a real long period of time where I thought Baltimore was going to do the dumbest thing ever, and that was like move on from Lamar Jackson. There is not a number of picks that you could have gotten that would have made up for it. Because like even in like if you're like, oh, well, in this draft, they're going to trade out, and then they're going to draft who? Anthony Richardson? After you got rid of the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. – 
who built this dynamic running scheme. Like you needed to have Lamar Jackson in this offense, but what you needed to do was give him a new challenge to expand on the talent we've already seen. We saw him at Louisville, and I know if anybody's from there, they're upset because I didn't say <laughs> Louisville. We saw it in college. The guy can throw the football. He might not be the prototypical pocket quarterback, but he deserves the chance to play in an offense that is more similar structured to the NFL and the success of actually staying healthy. Like the reason that his body's breaking down is because the way the offense was designed before. Now, mm-hmm. he's still going to be out there and be put in harm's way, and, and we've seen that with a lot of these guys. You know, That's why there's certain quarterbacks I like better because they limit the opportunity to get hurt. But if he does that, again, this offense is loaded. The one question I have about the Ravens is the defense. There's a mm-hmm. lot of young guys. I think the Clowney signing was nice. They got one of my guys from Michigan, David Ojabo, who's coming off the Achilles. He's going to need to get uh, get a lot of pressures, get a lot of sacks, uh, wreak some havoc. And then Adafi Owe needs to step up at edge because they're going to need that. The Marlon Humphrey injuries in the in the preseason is a killer too because that defense is already kind of the, the weaker spot. We just always assume Baltimore has a great defense, but when I look at it on paper, it's like I'm not sure how this is all going to come together. Roth thought to me, um, Lamar Jackson getting signed was like perfect. They get Odell Beckham, a veteran receiver. You got Mark Andrews, a top five tight end. You know, office they're running with J.K. Dobbins and those guys. I'm going to tell you the one way the Baltimore Ravens will beat a lot of teams, and it's through offense. Offense has to come every single week, like possession control. I think about like the Vikings, you know, the, the high school team, like I cover a lot. Like they beat teams because they can run the ball so well. They can keep control of possession. They keep the clock running. That gives your team, if your defense is not good or bad, if it's iffy, you don't know. I mean, defense could be different year after year. If it's not there, then your control of possession. Let's say if Baltimore Ravens go up 14 nothing. Now you got to play catch up. That catch up ain't going to be like throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Now you got to figure out how I'm going to stop Lamar Jackson from getting first down at the first down at the first town with a running clock a running clock and being able to move out the pocket like the way they're going to beat teams is their ability to score and it's a, it's not like the the way that you say oh my god Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes like just going down the field when they want to just to score you know he's going to do it with his legs his feet his body if he has to run for yards he's going to do it you know and I think that's that's why the AFC North is going to be very interesting, but we'll talk about that a little later in the show. I just feel like that's the only way. Like you said, the defense is just not where it needs to be. But I feel like that Lamar Jackson's ability, his two, his big money ability can keep the chains moving to keep opposing offenses off the field from scoring on his defense. Well, so they, the amount of playmakers that they have in the offense this year as I think what's going to be the difference to keep Lamar healthy at the end of the season, because the Ravens were what eight, three or something when he got injured last year, it it wasn't like Lamar Jackson has ever been bad. I think he's like the second highest win percentage to Patrick Mahomes when he's starting games. So like it's right there. When you draft Zay flowers and everything I've read, Mm -hmm. every report I've seen is that this kid is 
just beats everybody. It doesn't matter who you put in front of them. Nobody can cover them. But then they, they bring in Todd Munkin, who we've seen have success at Georgia with two tight end sets. And now you have Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews. That's going to be nice there. you got a veteran who you can rely on in OBJ. And Rashad Bateman has not stayed healthy, but shown glimpses at times of he has the, the capabilities of being a number one receiver. So now if you're looking around, it's like, oh, this is a different team. He doesn't have to go into a game where Devin Duvernay and Marcus Robinson are his number one receivers right. in a football game. <laughs> Hopefully they stay healthy and we get to see MVP Lamar Jackson even take another step where he is throwing for you know, 4,500 yards and only maybe only rushing for six or 700. I agree. I agree. Let's go to the, the subject we're about to go to. It's going to hit Tony to his soul, but I'm going to ask a raw thought question with this one right here. Yes, they yes they will win the Super Bowl this year. Yes. Justin Herbert gets his coins. <laughs> should he be the highest paid quarterback in football? Absolutely should, right? Because <laughs> the only thing that matters with quarterbacks is who's the next guy up. You know, like if you have proven that you can be a certain level of quarterback when it is time for you to get paid, it's time for you to get paid because Jalen Hurts was the highest paid quarterback right before that. And, you know, Lamar Jackson and everybody gets their turn when it's when it's their time to sign the contract. Are you now, that he should, so Justin Herbert should get less than. Less I mean, than what? No, excuse me. So you're saying Joe Burrow should get less than Justin Herbert? No, no. Burrow should get more because he's the next guy up. <laughs> I mean, is he as good as Herbert, as good as Burrow? No, he's not. But that's another time. It's another topic. I think that this is the quarterback contracts are getting a little out of control and it's starting to hurt other places on the team. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm actually kind of hoping that Burrow is the guy. I was hoping it would be Herbert, but whoever it is, somebody's got to say, like, this is ridiculous. Like, do we really need to be like upping? Because every time they keep going, well, this quarterback's got to get paid more than the last guy or it's not going to look good for the agent or the team or whatever. Dude, it's not going to be that much different for you if you get guaranteed this amount of money because you're going to redo your contract again in three years to make sure that you're right up there with the highest paid guys or whatever, but it's costing you players on your football team, which is it makes it tougher for you to compete but that's sort of the job, you know, like you have to be able to be a Patrick Mahomes and say, Oh, we can't afford Tyreek Hill anymore. You still got to go win a Super Bowl even without that. So yeah, Herbert's shown that he's right there. I think the interesting thing is like, it's not Burrow and it's not even really Trevor Lawrence, but it's Tua. Like what happens this year? If Tua stays healthy, he's going to put up crazy numbers in that McDaniel offense. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're thinking, wait, we we need to pay this guy, but last year we were talking about him possibly retiring, but we're going to guarantee him $160 million, $170 million, and a lot of his success is predicated on the fact you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Like, can you always duplicate that on the field? But that's the thing that's interesting is, like, sometimes organizations get themselves in a situation where it's like, Oh, it's dictated to us. We have to do this. We have to pay. You know, like Justin Fields could be in a similar situation. Like, 
if he stays healthy and goes crazy this year, like he's going to be looking at a lot of money. Trevor Lawrence, that those guys, not your boy Trey Lance, but I mean that, <laughs> that draft class is getting ready to get paid. So with that being said, um, the beauty of the quarterback position, and I say this all the time when it comes to people and players, um, raw thoughts. It's quarterback position is like your car insurance. I don't know if that high goes in the state of uh, California, but North Carolina, you got to have insurance to be able to drive. I don't care what it is. It has to be assured, and it forces you to have it. You can't just go around saying, I'm going to just skip my insurance, and you're going to um still drive with no insurance. It don't work like that. Then on top of that, I say to myself, like, Justin Herbert deserved his money, but I also say <laughs> – Like I tell everybody that asks me stuff with with the San Francisco 49ers. A quarterback and a really, really good quarterback, most GMs and owners not giving up unless you're giving up something that's worth more than what they are. Teams don't give up really good franchise quarterbacks for nothing. It don't happen. He's a franchise guy. You know, I told people when the draft came between him and Daniel Jones, I said to myself, Justin Herbert was the best quarterback in that draft. People thought I was boo the food. Yeah, now you're seeing Daniel Jones give glimpses because something like Jim Harbaugh with Alex Smith, you got the coach over there. I didn't forget the coach of Giants now. But he's holding him on a rope before he let him loose. And he's prepping him and moving him as he progresses. But, you know, he was – Justin Herbert was always the best quarterback in that draft. I saw that. I used to have fusses with people about this. You just don't get rid of a really good quarterback. You just don't go ahead. I was just gonna say, I, I hate to correct you on your own show, but the draft with with Herbert mm-hmm. was Burrow, Herbert, Tua, Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love. It was mm-hmm. those five from that class. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was jer- you said Herbert, Daniel yeah. Jones. Who else? Tua. Uh, yeah, so it went one uh Burrow went one to Cincinnati. Tua went five to the Dolphins. Herbert went six. I think Love <laughs> went 24. And then. Uh, Dow Hard Miami. Uh, man, that's my cousin. He loves. Around to the Eagles, he I loves the Miami three. Dolphins. He's my cousin. That's Spaniel. So he knows what about. <laughs> he tells me he took glass too, man. <laughs> well, that, that, was, that, was the, that was the debate, whether it was Tua or Herbert as the second QB. And, uh, you know, Tom Telesco has come out and said many times, he's like, they would have taken Tua if Herbert would have been taken by the Dolphins. Uh, so, you know, and that was kind of the, the the falling out with Brian Flores because he did not want Tua to be the quarterback of the Dolphins. Like, so who would you would have took in the draft if you had a choice? GM. So part of my Chargers fandom started from my brother-in-law is a Chargers season taking older and he's a fan. And he's like, man, he's like, he's like, I got it. He's like, I want a brother. He's like, we got to get Tua down here. He's like, I want no crusty white boy. And he's just begging <laughs> Herbert. Like, saying, Drew, just please watch Herbert play. You would much rather have Herbert be your quarterback. His suit is six six, and he's crazy talented, and he can run the ball. And he's not played with anybody. His best wide receiver from college is now the tight end for the Saints, Jawan Johnson. That was his best receiver. Couldn't even play receiver in the NFL. He had to switch positions to be on an NFL roster. Tua played with Heisman winner Devonta Smith. He play, he played with like 
I'm blanking on the other guys. We played with like five, you know, first round pick wide receivers while he was at, at, at Alabama. Alabama, Alabama, right. You want the guy that is going to be, that is going to stand up straight. So like, I've always been Herbert, <laughs> even over Burrow. I'm not sure that that's really aged greatly because Burrow is his two healthy seasons have both been in the AFC Championship game, and Herbert did come up, you know, small in the second half in the in the Jags playoff game, and that's sort of my that that really it really crushes me. But I, I have faith; it's all behind him. It's all going to be better moving forward. <laughs> We're looking at the best quarterback in football, but this is. The two, oh, the two. oh, I called that. You said it short. You said Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in football. I, I've been saying it. This is what you oh, this is what used to get. You're trying to say that so sneakily. And, and I had to catch you. All right, go ahead, go ahead. This is what <laughs> used to get our, our uh, sports reporters without pay guy. This is what used to get him so riled up was that I would always be like, how are you prematurely, you know, crowning Justin Herbert? Because I'm a fan and because that's what I want to do. So that doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> All that matters is the is the outcome of what happens, you know, once the season starts. And every year, I'm just going to say he's the best. But it, the the money situation itself is getting crazy out of control. And I'd like to see one of two things happen: they either have a separate, you know, salary cap for the QBs, or the QBs don't have to feel this pressure to say, "Oh, I'm going to take every single dollar that I possibly can," because now you look at the Chiefs; they're having trouble signing Chris Jones. The Chiefs aren't nearly as good without Chris Jones. I know that it's a offensive game and you got to have that, but you also have to have a playmaker on your defense. And if the Chiefs don't have Chris Jones, these close games that they're winning against the Chargers, the close games they're winning against the Bengals, in like beating these teams, the Jaguars, like you have to have Chris Jones. You have to have him. And they can't figure it out. So with that being said, we're going to go to another AFC West opponent. We're going to talk about Sean Payton. Misses. <laughs> Look out, AFC West. He didn't already kind of threw um, the old coach. Hack it. In the can, yeah. You know, so um, how do you feel about the Broncos? All the in your division. So the Broncos haven't been good for a while. And there's a lot of Charger fans that wanted Sean Payton to be the coach. I'm a Brandon Staley supporter, right? But if you talk to most, even Mike, my co-host on MJT, he wanted Sean Payton to be the coach. Sean Payton is a great coach, but I think it's sometimes we elevate certain people to like really like we just anoint them as being this great thing because they want a Super Bowl. Like Drew Brees is also a big reason why that Super Bowl was there. But even while he had Drew Brees, he still had like I think four losing seasons and you know like. So he, so it's not like he's Mike Tomlin where every year the team is competitive and every team that they're knocking on, on the, the doorstep there. It's going to be interesting to see how the Russ thing works itself out because I personally feel like he will throw Russ under the bus in a second. And we've already seen like a lot of people were saying this stuff like, oh, well, he wanted – he did that to protect Russ. The, the comments about Nathaniel Hackett and how bad everything – he did that to protect himself. Because he knew when he made the comments in 10 days, they were going to be playing a preseason game. I don't know where my man Ryan went, but I'm going to keep talking. He knew they were going to be playing a preseason game, and he knew that it could look terrible. So he was like, all right, how do I sh like shift a little bit of this to let people know that things might not look really great? The good news for the Denver Broncos, the good, good, good news for the Denver Broncos 
is that there is a lot of talent on this football team. And if Russ can return to how he was in 2021, not – or 2020. He got hurt in 2021, had the mallet finger. I don't know if you remember that. It was the first time he had missed games. He returns to Russ from 2020. The Broncos are going to be tough because they have they have a pass rusher that came on uh, a little bit in last year, Baron Browning. And this this guy is phenomenal. He's so fast. Nick Benito splash. They they got Randy Gregory, so they have pass rushers. They got Pat Sertain out there. They've got Simmons in the in the in the safety. They've got three or four linebackers, like off the ball linebackers, that can really hunt, play the run. So they're there defensively, offensively. Javante Williams, Greg Dulcich is a very good pass catching tight end, and then you got Judy and Sutton. They have a lot of weapons. It's going to hinge on whether or not Russell Wilson can be above average at QB. Can Russell return to a top 12 form? Because if he does, the Broncos are probably our 10 or 11 win team. Now in my record predictions, I put them at 4 and 13 this year. Is that me being a bit of a hater? Probably. I'm not going to lie. I probably was a little low when I did that, but also I don't care. I don't like the Broncos and I don't want them to win any games. So, but they're, they're probably like an eight or a nine win team, right? Like they invested in the offensive line. I th- they think they brought in a guard uh, from Cleveland powers. They brought in McGlinchey from, uh, from the Niners uh, to mm. play tackle there. They have bowls. So they invested in that offensive line. It's going to be very interesting. As far as the comments go, right? I don't like that shit. Like that's just not for me. Like you just, there's no need to say that about somebody else. Right. Like you're better. You're you should be better than that. I agree, but me, man, this is the one division. That's why the AFC is so tough. Because I'm gonna throw so, I'm gonna throw out there is what um Paul Heyman would say. Spoiler alert! But I'm gonna give you the raw thoughts alert. This division can send four teams to the playoffs, which means it may not only be three spots. Like this team can send three wild cards. You're always going to have your division winners in the playoffs. AFC North, AFC South, AFC West, AFC East. Four. The other three can go to the AFC West. So I'm just saying buckle up AFC AFC West. Get ready because Russell is going to have a good year. I think Russell's ability to be mobile in a champagne offense with running backs who can get out on the flats like Alvin Kamara, like Javante Williams, those guys, he's not going to expect Russell to go overboard. He don't have to take risks. And the Broncos got a good defense. Now, if I'm saying Super Bowl, no. But I will say I would not be surprised the Broncos in the playoffs. Those are my raw thoughts on that. Anything else you want to say before we go to the next topic? Yeah, just like I think the AFC West is the third best division. I think the AFC Woo! North and the AFC East are both more competitive. Like, they're – like those two, those two divisions are insanely talented. Like you have teams that are good offensively and defensively. The Raiders and Broncos, there's just too much. There's too much up in the air because it's it's really close. If this if Russell Wilson does not operate the offense the way Peyton wants it to, and they're losing games, he's gonna put Jared Stidham in there, and that to me is not a, a winning. Maybe it is but I don't see it as being like a winning move. 
So I don't know. We shall see because I, I feel like after, after what you said, I agree. But at the same time, I just think offensively, some of these teams that get it done some way, somehow, even Jimmy G could get to the playoffs. He can't do nothing else, but he gets to the playoffs. Yeah, but, he uh, can get you to a nice, <laughs> you know, seven-game start to the season's first seven games. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, 49ers got Purdy back. He got back up. We got Trey Lance. We got Sam Donald. Um, give me your raw thoughts on the 49ers before we go into um, divisional um, predictions. <laughs> Okay, so this is – and I'm going to get to in a second the the idea that I have had in my head, and I'm going to share it for the first time out loud with you and see what you think about it. But the 49ers overall, the team is too good, too talented. Kyle Shanahan is too good of a coach to not field a good team. I do have the Seahawks winning this division. Whoa, but it's whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Already on my show, disrespect. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But it's not It's not disrespect. It's just where, where I have them at. Because there are a couple of weak spots for the 49ers where there haven't been in the past. And I would say, it's again, it goes back to being on the offensive line, right? Where you have a situation where you have a quarterback coming off of you know elbow surgery. Because I'm not one of those people that is a Brock Purdy hater. I hear so many people go, he can't do this again. He can't duplicate. He can't replicate what he did. Yes, he absolutely can because he has Kyle Shanahan and CMC and Debo and Kittle and Ayuk and even J- Jennings. Like, he comes out, he's out there balling. So, like, it doesn't matter that Brock Purdy might be limited or small or whatever. It's the fact that he's smart and he's capable and he's going to – do what is asked of him. And then on top of it, you go to the other side and the defense is loaded. Now they have to figure things out with Nick Bosa. Like it's imperative that they knock this, this horse manure off and get this man in and playing football because Nick Bosa, I think right now is the most dominant defensive end in the game. Like he's just so much fun to watch and so powerful. Trey Lance. Because Sam, Donald, Sam Donald's looked better than him in the preseason. This is what I – if I was close to Trey Lance, this is what I would say. Bro, quarterback ain't it for you. If you have three years with Kyle Shanahan and you still look like this in the preseason, like you still look lost, this lost in the preseason after three years of working with Kyle Shanahan, who makes C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins look like functional quarterbacks when they're like – when they're rookies. I'm saying – I'm not even saying like – Nick Mullins is a good backup quarterback now. Yeah, CJ yeah, yeah. is a good backup quarterback now. These guys were like no starts in the league, and they were coming out, and they were looking good. We're talking three years. So, Lance, this is what I would say. It's time to make a switch because you have a chance. Woo! I would go to the 49ers Woo! and say, pick up, if you pick up my fifth-year option, I'll start working with like the tight end and wide receivers coach. We'll start working on route running. We'll start getting a little bit of sort of that like I think he's athletic enough and fast enough and capable. Like why not if I'm Trey Lance, why not be a part of the 49ers and the 49ers, they're going to get something out of. They traded so much for him. Like what are you going to He's not doing you any good being your third backup QB because you can't put him in the game ahead of Sam Darnold. He just can't because it looks – it's so bad sometimes. Like even the touchdown pass that he threw in the game against the Raiders, it was luck. So like 
<laughs> I think if I was Trey, I would be like, I'm going to play tight end because we're seeing this now, the hybrid guys where it's like they don't have to block. He doesn't have to block like George Kittle. Like he could be lined up next to Kittle. You could line him up in the backfield. You could have some fun stuff with him where you do get him on the run, you know, and you let him maybe throw a deep ball or whatever because he can do that, something he doesn't have to read. Like run trick plays. We've seen this. Cordell Stewart has made transitions. Guys like Julian Edelman. The Patriots drafted Malik Cunningham from Louisville this year, and they were playing him at wide receiver and running back and different stuff this year. He's Trey Lance is an athlete who played minimal college football at a low level. He's had three years. It's not working out. But it's a good thing to be a part of the 49ers and get your fifth-year money guaranteed. Like I would just go to the team and say, hey, I'm totally down to make this transition to a skill position. I'll work hard every day like this. And then I'm also an emergency quarterback. If we end up in another situation like you did in the championship game last year, he'd be a lot better off than than Christian McCaffrey would. Not much, but better. <laughs> like I think it's time for Trey to think about a position change and doing it with the 49ers and trying to get that guaranteed money. Unless he's dead set on playing quarterback, at which point it's like, I, I don't know. I don't I don't see it. I, no, I agree. Look, I, it's funny because I was my son was talking about it, and I hope his coaches don't see this, but raw thoughts. It is what it is. He was saying something about certain guys that need to play quarterback who has a better arm on his high school team, and I was telling him, he was talking to the kids that he wants to play wide receiver, and he was saying that the kid – then they've been telling him that he's a D1 wide receiver. But you can't be a D1 wide receiver if the quarterback can't get you the football. Yep. Like, you got to be able to – it goes hand to hand. So, you know, he's telling me this. I'm like, okay. So, he's like, but this kid can actually play quarterback, be very athletic for us, and help us win games at quarterback. But he's been in his mind that he's a wide receiver. So – I'm telling him you can't still be dominant wide receiver if you got somebody else trying to throw you the ball that can't get you the ball. So you don't have no stats, no record, no nothing to show you being a good wide receiver and you can't get the ball. So you always have to have a good quarterback to play wide receiver to get to the next level. If they have no footage, you catching the football, doing things like that, it's not going to work. So I would say, like, maybe you play quarterback. And I named – crazy how you said that. I named Julian Elliman. I named a few other guys who played quarterback in high school but transitioned to different positions when they got to college because playing quarterback in high school shows your athletic ability and what you can do, a leader, play call, and stuff like that. You may not be a quarterback on this level. You may can't play quarterback in the NFL. You may have to change your position. I think about Randall L., Julian Edelman, guys like you said. He's like, huh, that's interesting. So when you talk about Trey Lance changing positions, I'm not disagreeing with it at all because, like, yeah. I can see it coming and I can see the same thing that you're seeing because that's the problem with the 49ers right now. 49ers have every piece in the world year after year after year, but it's always going to be a question mark at quarterback. I've seen teams who ain't even got to the playoffs don't even have a question mark at quarterback. I've seen teams who stuck with that quarterback have not even been in mainstream media because of that quarterback, like Kyle Shanahan is almost like the quarterback off the field. I'm just going to put you in situations for you to win and keep us there. But it's amazing that you have all this talent and this dominant defense, 
but every single year it comes down to the quarterback getting us to the Super Bowl. That's why I'm honestly, a lot of people don't want to hear it, kind of skeptical on the Jimmy G trade. And I get it now because now they have Sam Donald. I wouldn't even be surprised if Sam Donald comes in and plays well if Brock Purdy gets hurt. Oh, he, like I said, I can't see a world in which Trey is even the backup quarterback on this team. And they will be able to have somebody else be a third string emergency quarterback on the roster and Trey starts working out at another position so that you can get something out of him on this team. Like just letting him be like work and practice every day with the tight ends, with the wide receivers working as a slot guy, like learning that he already has some like knowledge of it because he's working with these guys at the quarterback position. I think it's a good transition for him because it's looks so uncomfortable and I wanted it to work. Like I, I love Trey Lance. Cause like, you was one guy that I could actually say that actually say that Trey Lance is the man. Trey Lance is the man. Trey Lance I was the like, man. This you have is turned over, so it's over. I was just like, I was, I was like, he's going to be better than RG three was that one year with Shanahan and Washington. And like, we're going to see something magnificent. And even in preseason against backups, he's coming out and he can't identify the coverage. And like, it's one thing for me to watch and go like, wait, they're, they're clearly in a zone right here. Why are you throwing the ball into this coverage right here? You know that this is the, this is the open guy on this look or whatever. It's easy when you slow it down and you watch it back. I can't imagine how hard it must be to say hike know that you have people coming to, to rip you to pieces and you have to make that decision in less than two and a half seconds. But you have that's the job. That's what you have to do. You have to be processing at a certain level. And that's why you're saying that the 49ers have had quarterback concerns. I would argue this is the first time the 49ers haven't had a quarterback question heading into the season. It is undoubtedly Brock Purdy. And you guys should be absolutely fine with that. The one thing you should be worried about is who are these offensive linemen that are projected to be starting? I looked at it. I'm like, this. These guys haven't played any any snaps. Yeah, real for us, not the yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm not questioning Brock Purdy. I like Brock Purdy. He has a doll. He has plenty of experience. Now, the situation now with the offensive line with the 49ers is we trying to keep key players healthy from. You know, brought Purdy to you know Christian McCaffrey was luckily healthy last year, but we know his history in Carolina when things just didn't go right. He was on the shelf. Elijah Mitchell stay on the shelf. Preseason, no season, training camp. So I, I mean, I'm looking at that. So Elijah Mitchell's. I draft him every year in fantasy. I I, I like. Yeah, I picked him up that one year where he came in his rookie season and it was like waiver wire and he won a week for me. And I was like, woohoo. Ever since then, I still draft him all the time and he's injured all the time. And, and all the thing with the 49ers offense, like they can all run it best. Whoever's in that system is going to get a lot of, you know, whoever starts is going to, if they're healthy, is going to get a lot of playmakers. That you guys got some Michigan guys balling out too. Yeah. So I'm and, you know, and, and, Bell. And Moody Bell will be on the roster. I'm telling he, you now. He so should. Debo has. If Debo ever gets on the shelf this season, I feel like Randy Bell could come in and fill the board right in. You know, 
I ain't oh, saying Super Bowl NFC Championship, but I'm just saying, you know. Ron, Ronnie Bell is no Debo. Let's not let's not get <laughs> no question. Okay. But can he get in and get the job done? Can he go down the field with a starting offense and do the things that he's nowhere sure, near Debo? Yes. But I'm yes. saying like replace. Let's say week seven, okay. Debo six out. I think Ronnie Bell get it done. I'm not saying Ronnie Bell a, NFC Championship over Debo. I'm saying week six, week seven. You know, yes, things absolutely. don't matter. Randy Bell get there and, and Debo can sit down and rest, you know, use with stuff like that. That's and everybody crazy. needs to relax on all the Jake Moody slander. I'm not going to have that Woo! for my guy. I'm, I'm going to say, I hope so. And I hope you're right. I have faith because in my Michigan guys. He's I know. You, you and uh, Rich Eisen. Y'all got, y'all got um, pretty confident, but uh, boy. I swear, some of them chip shots that Robbie Gould have, he made them look easy. I don't know what happened, but that's another day for another show. So before we go into Super Bowl predictions and the um, divisions and things like that, I want to ask this one question. Does running backs deserve big paydays? Like, this is a tough question people have been fussing about, you know, having the issues about recently, Jonathan Taylor's situation. How do you feel about running backs' big payday? deserve is a weird way to word it because like of course i mean they deserve it they've worked super hard in high school and college and off season they make sacrifices they play the most punishing position possible like i i would never want to be an offense or defensive lineman for sure 1000 percent. i played like tight end in, in <laughs> peewee football and i was essentially an, an extra tackle and i hated it i hated blocking it was so like painful <laughs> and tiring and miserable. I hated so it. So basically, you you was like, you know, I ain't trying to block for a lot of running. I want to pass in offense. I got to do too much. I just wanted to be anywhere else but on the offense or defensive lines. But I would say after that, running back would be the position I would not want to play because every single play, unless they take it to the house, which is not very often, that you touch the ball and don't get touched and get to go in – unscathed like they're taking a beating all season the problem is that the more that we incorporate the data into what is effective for this the more argument hurts them right because if you're going to make an investment in something but that investment shows clearly that it drops off after a certain age Mm -hmm. Why would you invest in that? Like these are smart people. Like they are not going to continue to give <laughs> these mega deals to these players. But then the problem that's that's uncomfortable for me is like maybe they need to go and say the players need to come and say, hey, uh, how about I start getting a higher percentage of my jersey sales? You know, like how about I every time you put my face on a billboard to market something, you know? for the team, the team programs, the whatever it is. How about I start sharing in some of – because that's the thing. These guys are getting used because it is a position that is fun and we love this position. Like, And it dates all the way back to when we were kids and it was like the best players were, you know, Barry and Emmett and Walter and, like, you saw this. And now it's like still some of the best players are Jacobs and Eckler and Henry and you, Saquon. And they're like, yeah, but we aren't giving you money. We aren't, we aren't paying you like that anymore. Jonathan Taylor's like, K 
can I please get paid? And they're like, no, not, not a chance. We'll make up something so that you don't get paid anything if you'd like that. Like, we'll make up a fake back injury so you're on the non-football injury. <laughs> but we're not going to give you more money. So we can give you less, but we won't give you more. I just think that the, the running backs have to look at a, a, the opportunity to say, like, look at how much you use us to sell your product. It needs to reflect that. And it doesn't have to just reflect that in like what they do on the field or what, when they're going up. But like when they're early on, like Bijan should be going to Atlanta and saying like, Hey, I can't drive five miles in the city of Atlanta without seeing my face on a billboard billboard promoting season right, tickets right, right, or right. games or whatever. I would like to be compensated by this. Like put that in my contract that if you're going to use whatever, like, find ways to get more money when you're establishing the contract. And I don't even know how that works because it's all on like this weird pay scales of what they get. But like the fact that Bijan Robinson is the highest paid or second highest paid running back in the league. And it's because he was drafted in the, you know, the top 10 picks this year. Mm-hmm. Like that sucks. Eckler has a chance to make 8 million or something like that. And that's great money. Like, that's the thing that I feel weird complaining about this. It's like, it's $8 million. I would gladly, if I could, do something for $8 million for one year. But that's not the same for them. Like, so yes, they quote-unquote deserve it. But, like, the reality is teams just aren't going to pay for it. The best thing, right, here's the best thing that could happen, is that the NFC Championship game is the Giants versus the 49ers. And it's like the Chargers versus, let's say, the Tennessee Titans. Because mm. that would put all of those Running back, star power. Right, right, Star right. power running back, high paid. They'd all be in there. Because the worst case scenario is, again, we get the Chiefs playing, I don't know, an, another team that's good that has a, a low – like the Chiefs Jaguars, they sure they have Travis Etienne, but they're not paying him big money. Right. The Chiefs have Isaiah Pacheco, they're not paying him big money. Go to the NFC side, you look around, it's like we'll find somebody there. You know, like or the Bills and the the Bills and the Chiefs, another young, you know, James Cook style running back. As long as you can get a lot of these big time running backs producing in this final Six weeks of the regular, like, I mean, the final six weeks, four weeks of football this year, that would be the best argument for them saying like, whoa, look at one year sample size, but six of the eight final teams and the final four teams all had a running back who carried this team in either bad weather or ran, you know, the fourth quarter, you needed that guy. And then Flip side, they need some of these teams that are playing these running backs, no money. They need some of these teams to flame out. They need the Chiefs to have like a 9-8 and eight season. And and you have a bad running game and say, oh, well, maybe maybe they do need it. You know, like it sucks, but it helps the argument. No, I get it. Like I was talking to some players who played on this level talking in um, – they were saying that, man, by their sophomore year in football, their bodies were worn out. Because yeah. those guys are like guys who, in the trenches, who are 
going between tackles and, you know, and, and I think executives and GMs and guys like that, when you play that position, you're probably playing it at the high school level, college level, running back position. You know, you're playing it. If you're really, really good, you're going to play it high school and college. And that's what's going to get you to the NFL. But running between the tackles, linebackers, big heavy set, D tackles, like your body's going to endure wear and tear. And that's the loophole for me, raw thoughts for GMs and them. They can always get you on a rookie deal, and they have the luxury of, okay, you might have wear and tear. We're not going to deal with you. We're not going to give you big pay money. So we'll go find another running back just as good as you, super cheap, probably same style. They're going to do super, super scouting, recruiting to look at, like, who this running back can resemble what this guy was before we pay him big money. And he's younger. And that's what they do. The running back position is a huge turnover. Like, it's like over. It's a revolving door. You can always find plenty and plenty and plenty of running backs. Offensive linemen, you can find plenty of them, but everybody ain't good. Everybody can't block well. But running backs, skill set, styles, depend on the NFL, the offense you have. Coaches get fired in the NFL. You may have a running back. You may have a different coach who bring in a different style of running back. I remember when Andy Reid was at Kansas City. Before he was there, um, was it? Cornell Varnell, the coach was there. I didn't forget the man's name. Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell. Yeah. And he had like physical running backs. And Reed got there. He had these shifty quick guys with Alex Smith before he got past Mahomes. Still the same style. You know, so it the style of running backs is even deep. It, it goes to another page. Like, what type of running back do you want? Do you want a physical running back like Derrick Henry? Or do you want a looser running back like Chris McCaffrey, who could do a lot of stuff? It depends on your system and your style. But go ahead. You like about to say something. But I just was gonna say, like, right now, the the thing that I that that bothers me about the sort of the hypocritical side of it is Austin Eckler led the Chargers in receptions last year. He was more of a receiver or just as much a receiver as he was a running back. So, so they pay guys for because like you have receivers already. So you so how would they get paid? Would they get paid from handoffs to get but paid that, as a running back? Or because you got receivers that catch the ball too. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, is if Austin Eckler can go out and say, "Hey, 46 percent of the time I was used as a wide receiver," you know, like I was used as a pass catcher or whatever, and these guys are making more money than me. It's the guys where, like, Nick Chubb really isn't used like that. Derrick Henry really isn't used like that. Josh Jacobs finally was used in the passing game last year. I think it was more just out of necessity. But like, there's a situation where a lot of these guys that are coming in, they are versatile and i already saw antonio gibson who's about to need a payday in washington he said hey i'm a wide receiver i viewed myself as i was a wide receiver at memphis they put me at running back here or whatever but i've always thought i was a wide receiver because in his mind he's like i'm gonna get a chance to make five or eight million dollars if somebody will give me a you know two years 16 million as a wide receiver Nobody's given him $16 million as a running back. Like if he comes in and he's like, oh, you're going to be a running back on a team next year? You're getting $8 million a year? No way. But he might be able to get that sort of lower level wide receiver contract, that sort of that Russell Gage, you know, like, you know, maybe uh, Jacoby Myers, $11 million. Like as a wide receiver, if he can prove that, if he can say, hey, I'll let Brian Robinson Jr., this young guy, go out here and bash his body around. Put me in the slot. Let me play wide receiver. Let me line up so my agent has this to say. Like, 
I do think that there is going to be uh, uh, an amount of guys that are going to say like, oh yeah, coach, uh, I've been thinking about it. And I know you recruited me to play here, but uh, I've been working with my wide receiver coach and I want to start playing wide receiver. So that being said, again, show is sponsored by Sims Collections. Um, let's go ahead to division wrap-ups. we got like four minutes for the show, so I'm going to give you a quick one. NFC East, who you got? Uh, NFC East, who do I have? The Eagles on top. I'm uh, like 13 and 4. Same here, Eagles, Eagles. AFC East. AFC East, I have the Jets winning that division at 12 and 5. Oh, your microphone cut out. Check that cord. Hello? All right. Who you say for the AFC East? Technical Jet. difficult. Jets, 12 and 5. Yeah, I got the Jets. And um, people don't even understand. Jets going to run through that division. But it could defense there. You say early. NFC West? NFC West. I know it's going to hurt you. But I got the Seahawks winning this division. Seahawks might go five and twelve. I'm going with San Francisco. AFC <laughs> <laughs> West. No shocker here. I got the Chargers. First time the Chiefs will not win the division in seven years. It'll be this year. And everybody keeps talking about the offense. This is the year Brandon Staley's defense comes to play. Top five this year. Defense is going to be out of control. Chargers defense should be healthy this season. They always give Kansas City a run for their money in the division. If they healthy, Chargers should win it, but I didn't put myself on the Chargers for so long. I, I'm going Kansas City, and it's Kansas City might, by me choosing, the Chargers might win it, and even though I want the Chargers to win I'll take it. it. I'll take your jinx. I'll take your bad luck jinx. <laughs> NFC North. NFC North. Who do they have winning this? Uh, I think the Lions. I think I have the Lions winning this one at 11-6. and six. I'm going to call this a spoiler. I got the Green Bay Packers win this division. And the reason I, why I got the Green Bay Packers win this division because I seem it seems like the energy is at peace in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is not there. They ain't got to worry about the drama. Look at that Jordan Love sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. The defense legit. I really think he really is the better fit at quarterback with these young nucleus receivers. Jordan Love is going to shock the people, people. Jordan yeah. Love's probably the most mobile quarterback. I know the short lines are good. I, the Vikings should win division. I'm going Green Bay Packers win this division. They're not going to do that in the playoffs, but they'll win this division. All right. AFC North. Uh, Bengals. I had a little worry with the, the Joe Burrow calf strain. Is he going to miss games or not? But I have them winning this division semi-comfortably by two games. 13, they're 13-4. and four. As you said earlier when I was talking, this is a very, very tough division to choose because if Joe Burrow's not playing, then you have – I call it the possession team, the Baltimore Ravens, as I talked about earlier. Cleveland Browns might be better than what they think. Deshaun Watson may be better because he's playing the whole season. But I was not talking about that. Like, this could be – in Pittsburgh, people talking about Pittsburgh right now. Like they could be really good on the picket and the receivers and pickings and those guys. <sighs> this one has like been on my mind for the past few days. 
Don't let Coach Tomlin down like this. Don't do it. I'm still going Cincy. <laughs> NFC South. NFC South. I got the Falcons. They There's actually a record tie, but they're going to win on the better division record. So both the Saints and Falcons finishing somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 and 7, 11 and 6, but the Falcons get the edge. Falcons shoot on going Panthers. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to spoil it. That's the a Panthers. home back right there. Look, Not even a- I'm looking at the team, certain picks, new team, new guy. I know Bryce Young going to be kind of young, but I'm ready to see what the Panthers are going to do. I think Bryce yeah. Young could do enough to get it done. AFC South. <laughs> AFC South, this is short and quick. This is the Jaguars by probably five or six. I would say by like Thanksgiving, they've already won the division. Yeah, I say Jaguars going to win this division too. I know everybody talk about Tennessee, but Tennessee, we don't know. I think Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson get a full year, another year. Trevor Lawrence has been in national title games. Doug Peterson usually hones in to people that try to find what system works for them. And he's good at that. All right. Last but not least, Super Bowl predictions. And let's see. We're going to talk all year long. These Super Bowl predictions will work all year long. Hold on a um, second. Go ahead. I haven't even thought about this, really. Uh-oh. Like Raw thoughts. So I'm going to put I'm going to put the Chargers in just because why not? Ooh. I'm a fan, and that's how it should be. Um, and – this is not this is not necessarily what I want to happen, but what I think I, I want to go two different directions. One is last year we had the Kelsey Bowl. Why not have the Bosa Bowl this year? Right? Like that would be fun. Less entertaining. Uh-oh. I think the Kelsey's are way more entertaining than the Bosa's are. But the other route that I want to go that's less popular is I got a feeling that the Cowboys are going to get hot in the second half of the season. It's just it's it's got to happen at some point, right? Not this year. It can happen. It can happen ten years later. It can happen in next century. I don't care. <laughs> Here's the thing: is that like when I look at the Cowboys on paper, the one big concern I have is Dak, and that's a Man. big. It's a big concern because it's the quarterback position, but like, like the 49ers, they always talk about the quarterback, but go ahead. <laughs> it's it's just something about this defense to me that I think gets them that no matter how bad Dan Dak Quinn tries to defense. sabotage it, Micah Parsons and Lawrence and linebackers, you know, maybe at some point this kid from Texas, uh, they drafted Overshone oh, later no. in this draft. He takes over and he could become sort of a side to side, you know, monster. And then the secondary to me is is fantastic. So I'm gonna go Chargers Cowboys, and uh, you get a little oh, Kellen right. Moore. Go ahead and finish up with your own predictions. I'm gonna make sure I um um you record the time so you can put this on and replay it for me when. It, Neither of these teams even make the playoffs, and I just cry. I tell you what, you send this to me in January, and something bad happens with the Chargers, then just know that I will not be coming on Ramon Sports in the <laughs> calendar year. So you can 
you can run this back at the <laughs> room of never doing a show again. But right now, right now, I'm going. I'm going Chargers. Because kind of where, like the way we do it on our show is we pick our final four. So my yeah, final yeah, yeah, four. Yeah, I got you. My final four right now is Chargers, and I've been leaning towards them playing the Buffalo Bills um, in the playoffs. And then on the other side, I have the 49ers and the Cowboys in the NFC championship game. That's sort of my final four. That's where I've been going back and forth. It's like, so so which one would you choose? I can put part one here. I want to make sure I want to, I don't want to lead you astray and people come at you. Like, Hey, look, he said this, but he actually had this answer. I know some people in the world be like, you need to make a choice. You need to find one or the other. You know how folks are. I think that You're stronger on this one or the other one. I'm I'm much stronger on on this one, and obviously there's just some bias built into the to the Charger thing, right? I'm s- stronger here. So you say who you say um for the last one? The Bills and what? The the Bills and okay, Bills AFC, gotcha. The Bills and the Niners. Hmm, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so All it's right. like having that as my AFC championship game. The thing that has been that's kind of off with the Bills. And listen that, to Stephen A today. Diz don't even want to be there. And he said his real sources. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing is where, like, I keep going because we haven't had our show yet where, where we do the predictions yet. So, I'm right now in between Chargers Bengals and Chargers Bills for that game. I will not, I refuse to put the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game again. And there's, a, I'm not going to lie, great chance that they could be there. Amazing team. Probably one of the top, definitely one of the top five coaches of my lifetime and a top five quarterback of my lifetime. Don't care. Not putting them in the AFC Championship game in my prediction because I don't want to see it. All right. If I had a drum roll, like, mine, mine, my Super Bowl pick is here we go San Francisco 49ers versus the New York Jets. Two good defenses. We can see what it is, but it comes out to the QB position. Sounds like Kyle Shanahan is the quarterback without being the quarterback to get us to the Super Bowl with multiple weapons. I think Nick Bosa um, deal will get done. I think what they're working on right now is the front end load, figuring out how they're going to guarantee them all a lot of money, and the back end is something they're not going to worry about. I think the issue with the Nick Bosa deal is just like Debo Samuels. They're trying to find a way to plug a whole lot of money in there front loaded what i know about jaron lynch he's always trying to plug in a lot of money at the beginning so he can have himself saved for another big deal later he's been smart about that a lot of people don't give him credit for um only thing about it, aaron Rodgers knows 49ers robert salah first cal shanahan another guy that's been in cal shanahan's coaching offense i mean coaching with robert salah they were both in the super bowl together one time they know each other very very well you know Rob Salah has a very deep defense. This 49ers defense now led by Steve Wilkes will be deep. I love, honestly, I love the Chargers. If it wasn't them, I'm tired of seeing the Kansas City Chiefs like you are. People keep saying they're just going to get back because of the Kansas City Chiefs because Mahomes can get it done. I don't think Mahomes go back this year. That's my raw thoughts, Pete. Go ahead. I think I think Niners Bengals would be a fun Super Bowl to watch. Um, it, it, it's really once you get down there, it's going to be 
a great time. Like the kind of the Super Bowls that I really don't want to see are the ones where like I don't want Trevor Lawrence to make it to a Super Bowl before Justin Herbert. But I could I I'd be I could enjoy Lamar Jackson in the Super Bowl because he's just he's been at it longer. I could enjoy Josh Allen. But just like it's so hard to watch some of these talk shows the way they just like they just bury everybody below like like they just they just start getting way too ahead of themselves like on these lists or whatever else it's like can we just play the season can we just enjoy it but that's the thing is i don't want time to go by fast right because i'm getting old i don't want to go fast but you know every sports show gives their prediction because their prediction comes true they get to have bragging rights at the end of the season yeah Let's just make let's just drag this out as long as we can. I want all the weeks to go by nice and slow. You know, my kids are getting older, they're gonna start leaving me. My body's betraying me. I'm getting sore from golf. His body is betraying him. Yeah, my shoulder <laughs> hurting. My I have arthritis in my knees and my ankles. It's swelling up from eating, you know, like bad food or running. It's just like it's bad. I'm just tired of getting old. And so I want everything to just slow down a little bit. I want to slow the aging process, enjoy life. And it's raw thoughts. You heard him loud and clear. Tony Tucker, go ahead and let them know where they can find you at. I need, well, what I need to do is check out Essential Collections by Monica here. (laughs) Anti aging formula for my ankles. I'm over at MJT Football. we we have shows all the time. I wish that we were better about saying, "Hey, we're live on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday," but we're not. We all have families uh, and jobs and stuff, so we, we get all But subscribe and hit the notification bell, and then you can join us whenever you'll get the notification. And with that being said, uh, let's see if I can find it. I don't know if I can. Should I give it. a hot Sam Howell take? He's about to play on Monday Night Football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see what what you got. Hot take, Sam. So I have I have the I have the Commanders finishing ahead of the Giants. I have the Commanders finishing at nine and eight, and I think that the Commanders will be competing for an NFC playoff spot in the final two weeks of the regular season. That the Washington Commanders and Sam Howell. What what where you got them at? Nine. They finished the C. I have them finishing at nine and eight. NFC East ranking. I'm sorry. They're, so the NFC East, I'm finishing third, and they miss out on the playoffs in the NFC to, I believe, the Saints, Saints or one of those teams. I got the Washington Commanders finishing second, Philly first, Commanders second, Cowboys third. And that is nice. straight hate, as if I've ever no, heard. No, 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 because I'm looking at Airbnb. I'm, I'm looking at this whole pre. Check this out. I didn't make him take his hat off. So, look, I have been watching the Commanders because my uncle has season tickets to the Commanders or watching the Redskins, whatever you want to call them, and they send me stuff all the time. So, for some reason, I've been watching them all season outside of the little crying and whining. They really have a legitimate team. Terry McLaurin, uh, Robinson, Gibson, offensive line. Defensively, they're not bad. They picked up some kid who was shutting down um, OBJ. Defensively, I think Ron Rivera is in the best situation he's ever been in Washington. He just focused on defense, let Airbnb prove that he wasn't a a, a, a shirt hole for Andy Reid, and Andy Reid just made him look good. So this is his time to show who he is. Sam Howell's pretty good in Carolina. You know, I'm looking at the same, like, 
they really have good they have a good coach staff i think that coaching staff is going to outbeat the cowboys giants have a coaching staff that's going to manage daniel jones and the cowboys could be in a situation like you said dominant defense but we don't know what that's going to happen. What's going to happen with that? All I know is raw thoughts here. Raw thoughts, people. If that Prescott comes out and throw a couple of picks, him and D is going to square off on the sideline. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's going to be controversy either way. And he's the face of the franchise. So D is might leave before they get rid of that. And here's the thing is I'm not even mad about it because that's very entertaining. People go nuts <laughs> when the Cowboys are terrible when they're yeah. supposed to be good, right? <laughs> Every year people think they're supposed to be good, but they're actually supposed to be good this year with the amount of talent. They went out and got the Cooks and Stephon Gilmore, and I looked at that and I was like, that is the two best acquisitions that you could have made for this football team right here. So I hope you're right, and I hope that the Cowboys stink and that the Commanders are better because that, that to me is fun. Like I, I think Sam Howell is fun. Like go ahead, let him. But but um, I'm going to tell you a sneaky thing that hit me that puts pressure off a certain team, the Patriots. We don't like it or not, but Bill Belichick always finds a way to coach his way to victories. This team may not be amazing, but they got a quarterback they were talking about that might be better than Matt, Matt Jones for the moment. Not saying he's overall better, but, you know, system-wise, certain quarterbacks just fit better. Um, You get Zeke now, and I'm not saying Zeke need to go for 200-some yards, but Zeke is a possession running back who could probably get things done to keep the chains moving to give a defense like Belichick rest. And he must be doing something very well because one thing about Belichick, he knows how to make people follow his lead. He done made Zeke cut the hair off. So that being said, that was a whole different game. So I'm saying, like, this may be a sneaky team. I'm not – they're not going to beat the Jets to me. They're not, this is the year they won't beat the Jets. But if it's to come down to a wild card spot, I think the Patriots will be super sneaky. So what it is? I I don't I don't hate it at all. The Patriots defense is going to be fantastic. <laughs> it's gonna be it's they got they got a lot of players and they really brought in uh, two draft picks that I I don't think could have landed in a better spot. Keon White and um, and Christian Gonzalez. Gonzalez is wanted on the Chargers. Raw thoughts. What's a I don't know if it's a dollar spot in California, but is there any like place where it's like a dollar spot where you get things for a dollar or less? Like, oh yeah, we have we have all of them. we have Dollar Tree, Dollar General, nine nine. Oh y'all do got oh whoa 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 Dollar, dollar Trees tree. in um uh, in California? Yeah, we have like six I did not know that because we have plenty of those. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, we have like six or seven different kinds of dollar understores. So with that being said. That's one thing about Belichick. You just said a few minutes ago, you said he gets this and he has a deep defense. He always know how to get the Dollar Tree and the Dollar General discount. And that's what he's always been doing for years. And that's why they're very deep. Because in their minds, he sells them. They can win the Super Bowl. Just play this one year and we got you. But we're going to get rid of you. Then we're going to bring another person in and another and another. I don't know about Super Bowl, but they, they he finds a way to sell it. He sells water to a whale. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I've got distracted. They're talking about Herbert on uh, on TV, and I was just trying to read what they said. And with that being said, raw thoughts, raw mind is out.